This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the same at Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we should have bought the jingle bells. Oh no! Oh, hang on. Hang Wait a on. minute. Oh my God. What have I seen? <laughs> We're so organised. <laughs> yes! They're back! Oh, I love it. <laughs> For an end of summer surprise. <laughs> surprise, everyone. It's Christmas. <laughs> well, it's Christmas in Sweet Valley because uh, you call this a wonderful life is, is the title of this week's episode. <laughs> two words, Angel Winston. Oh, my God. <laughs> Does not disappoint. Not a bit. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, this episode truly was an absolute delight. There's one joke that is sour that involves yep. a fat suit. Yep. But and I, I, I fucking knew it was coming. I, I, oh, I knew so it. I. <laughs> yeah. But apart from that, it is pretty much hilarious all the way through. So <laughs> and ridiculous. <laughs> um, so we'll just share the blurb. At Christmas time, an angel shows Elizabeth and Jessica how their friends' lives would have turned out if the twins had never been born. Though actually, in the episode, it's like they can't bear to even mention that possibility. It's just like <laughs> if they hadn't lived in Sweet Valley. Yeah, it's more like if we if we were never, yeah, if we never lived in Sweet Valley, what would have happened type of thing. Yeah, yeah you're right, actually. Never being born seems too, uh, too final for, for Wakefield <laughs> wonderfulness. <laughs> it does. Um, and uh, we forget this episode in... Heaven? Oh my God. I just, this is gas. <laughs> like truly, whoever, like Frank Capra should have got a writing credit on this because like it's oh. gas. That's <laughs> funny. Like, straight away, we are just immediately into absolute rip-off territory and yes. it's tremendous. Oh, gosh, Karen. Oh, <laughs> I can That's say. generous. <laughs> For the opening <laughs> scene, that is generous. <laughs> Because, yes, we see two stars flicker in what almost looks like a black and white sky mm-hmm. as uh, the voices of two angels say it's time for Wegbert to get his wings. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> the two stars are kind of like, yeah, talking away, much like, you know, exactly the start yes. of its wonderful <laughs> life. Um, and the the other uh, flashy star angel is like, oh, not the guy who keeps getting his head stuck in the harp. <laughs> <laughs> well, Angel One says he deserves a chance, and then Wegbert reports for duty. Oh my god, it's so cute! Like this tiny little star just kind of skids into view <laughs> with a tiny little cartoon harp stuck on his head. <laughs> I love it. 
And he's very excited uh, when he hears that he's being sent down to Earth and asks, should I bring my rollerblades? <laughs> I love him. He's just a cartoon star and I'm already obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we cut to the Cassatel Wakefield where Christmassy music plays as the qu- twins uh, are getting things ready for their tree trimming party. But Jessica is annoyed because it turns out Lila has cancelled and she's got uh, quite a quite a reason for her no-show. Well, apparently she's camping out uh, to catch the sale at the leather factory. So she's got her priorities in order. I'm presuming that's a shop and not an actual like tannery. You know, I wondered too. I was like, it's definitely just a Sweet Valley shop. It must be a nod to the the naming conventions of the books because I just can't picture her, as you say, camping outside a tannery because they do not smell nice. There's a certain substance they put in or mm-hmm. traditionally used to tan leather and it's uh, oh, not boy. you'd want to be sitting around. No, there used to be a tannery in Dungarvan and <gasps> the fucking smell of it. Because now there is a fancy restaurant there instead called yeah. The Tannery. But that used to be a very, very smelly old <laughs> warehouse building. <laughs> I presume the new version does not smell of piss. No, it does not. <laughs> it smells delightful. Oh. Good to know. Yeah. And if you're managing the tannery in Dungarvan, please be, you know, we are not suggesting anything to the contrary. <laughs> Shit, get slapped by a lawsuit now from Paul <laughs> Flynn. <laughs> well, Jessica's annoyed that uh, Lila is hanging outside a possible tannery, probably a shop. But uh, <laughs> at least her new man, Jared, is coming. Or is he? Oh no, yeah, Liz has to break the news to her that apparently he can't make it uh, either. Uh, So Jessica is demanding to know why not and better of a good reason apparently, but uh, according to Liz, he can't make it because he's having pizza with the guys. (gasps) So Jessica is rightly outraged and Liz reassures her that all the rest of their pals will be there and besides, when has Jessica ever been dateless for Christmas? It's like, fucking hell, they've got to have a date for Christmas (laughs) as well. You can't even hang out in your own house without a date now. <laughs> You're not getting near that stocking unless you've got a boyfriend. I need to see a man on that arm or you're not opening any presents. <laughs> no selection box for you. <laughs> well, the doorbell rings and we hope this is the start of a magnificent soiree. But uh, it's Edith in a woolen tank top. It is, yeah. She she explains that apparently the shop was out of Christmas cookies, but that these were practically free and hands Liz a box of what turned out to be Halloween cookies. So I can only hope that they're loaded with preservatives because they would not be in very good shape if they were fresh baked in October. No. <laughs> but then Edith just goes, see ya, and turns to go. And Liz is like, where are you going? And uh, turns out Edith's got the butterfly net out again. <laughs> she does. She's a woman on a mission. She's going to the mall uh, because apparently there's a hot new elf at Santa's corner that winked at her. So you know what? Enid takes her chances where she finds them and not a moment is wasted with that one. <laughs> True. Uh, also, uh, Cheryl had, has given uh, Enid a message to pass on to Liz. The, um, the message is that she's going to pick her up a snow globe in New York City because she's gone there purely to use her frequent flyer miles. <laughs> I kind of thought, oh, she probably has family back in New York because yeah. isn't, isn't that where she moved from? But no, apparently it's just to, to use up the miles on her right. card. So it's like, um, okay, okay, sure. 
on Christmas Eve or mm. whatever it is, actually. We never get an actual date. Yeah, it's um, unclear. Mm. So uh, Enid heads off uh, announcing she's going to make the elf jealous by sitting on Santa's <laughs> lap. What a sordid setup they've got well, there. Well, I, I, I want to know more about this grotto. Which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds more like a sex alcove in Bruce's house. <laughs> Fucking okay. cue for Santi in the shop. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. The, the least said about this grotto or gro- <laughs> or alcove, the better, I think. <laughs> it's Christmas after all. <laughs> <laughs> well, Liz is, is understandably very annoyed by Enid's desertion. And Jessica is more understanding. She said, Hey, this is Enid. She's got to go for any chance she gets. <laughs> Fucking hell. But then, uh, so while they're sitting there sort of stupefied, they notice a note being shoved under the door and uh, they pull the door open and who could it be who's too cowardly to uh, face them? Well, it's Winston. Uh, And yeah, I wasn't sure what he was trying to shove under the door, but I think it was actually like a a folded out thing, a microwave popcorn, uh, because he says he was trying to leave it for them uh, for their tree. Uh, So it turns out that he also can't make it now tonight because Two Bruce Two is opening the moon beach and Winston has to work. And Jessica says, uh, hang on, Bruce was meant to bring, you know, bring the food for this soiree. And Winston, I have to say, Winston delivers all of this absolutely (laughs) delightfully um, because he just looks really like, oh, shit. Uh, As he says, like, was it, you know, turkey and stuffing and all the trimmings? And they're like, yeah. And uh, he says, it's uh, $7.99 with the beverage of your choice. And with a delightful, embarrassed expression, he escapes. So two Bruce two is not only stealing their pals, he's uh, going to serve up all the grub he promised. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty shitty, but uh, you know that's I guess that's that's Bruce Patman making his money wherever he can. Mm, well, they're the canning factories out of the you know been written out of history. <laughs> yeah. Now that Jackman turkey. Jackman Canning have taken over the Sweet Valley <laughs> territory. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Liz says it looks like Todd and Manny will be their only guests. And I, I love that Jessica says, Ugh, now, I can't, now I'll have to see Todd on an empty stomach. <laughs> but then who should come in through the back door? But Todd's. It's Todd himself. Yeah, it's like my notes here just say, Todd arrives, chugs eggnog. <laughs> like, <"Ugh." laughs> he just knocks it back. Yeah. But yeah, he reveals that it turns out Manny's uncle uh, gave him and Manny tickets for the Lakers and they're going to be courtside beside Jack Nicholson. So how could you possibly turn that down? Uh, well, he's, Liz tries to do the whole, um, uh, you know, oh, well, I don't want to force you. Like, I don't want to make you do anything. Clearly thinking he's going to go, oh, no, don't worry, Liz, I'll stay with you. But instead, Todd's like, oh, great, I knew you'd understand. Literally runs away. Yeah, it is very funny, though, because as soon as the door closes, Jessica just gives her a look and she's like, that never works, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Liz, don't try and use manipulation, especially Mm -hmm. in front of the master. Well, Liz is is really pissed off, completely understandably, and uh, she thinks that none of their friends appreciate them. And Jessica says that if they didn't live in Sweet Valley, no one would miss them. And then Liz makes a wish. Yeah, she uh, she says, well, she says like, sometimes I wish we never even met these people. But like, as they're having this little conversation, there's all these like faint sounds of bells ringing kind of in the yes. background. It's like, ooh, what could be happening here? And up in heaven, uh, <laughs> Wegbert is like, oh, that's so sad. That's my cue. Look out below. <laughs> He's on the move. 
So there's a crash outside the windows of the casa and uh, the twins rush out to, to find quite a sight. I mean, I'd be pretty delighted with this, but yeah, they find, they find, they find Winston. Uh, but of course, they're like, what are you doing, Winston? And he kind of stands up and brushes himself off. And it is Winston, but with no glasses and wearing a white robe. And as my yeah. notes say, like he's in a cult. Yeah. Yes, he really, he really does like like he's in a cult. Though a cult that had access to excellent conditioning products because his, his magnificent mane is a sight to behold. Oh, it's so shiny and bouncy. I'm so jealous. It's such good hair. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they're just like, Winston, what are you doing? And uh, he's like, I'm your garden angel. And that looks really pleased and says, you think I look like Winston Egbert? Thanks. <laughs> it's great. Because I was like, you know what? He's right. It is a compliment. But like Jessica immediately is like, what, you're taking that as a compliment? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's calling the cops, but Wegbert tells her not so fast because he's a man with a mission. Yeah, he's going to make their wish happen. Uh, so he explains that, you know, you you wanted to know what would happen or, you know, you wish that your friends had never met you uh, and I'm going to make that happen. So Jessica is much uh, unimpressed with this and says, how are you going to do that, Tinkerbell? <laughs> <laughs> well, Winston uh, says that um, uh, he is, uh, he, he he's, He's going to. He they know. He knows that they think nobody cares about them, mm. um, and he says that he can show them an alternate reality. And they're like, "What are you? T-? You know, basically, you're Winston. Why are you yes. saying all this?" And <laughs> he's he proves them um, or proves his identity by showing he has no reflection because angels are like vampires in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I wrote down, is he a vampire? What's happening here? Because I was half hoping for like a reflection that would be like all eyeballs and fire and like (laughs) scary biblical angel shit. But it's like, to be fair, I was expecting too much of their budget. Oh God, there's no way they were going to do that. No. So instead we got what was probably like doubles for Liz and Jess and them like standing in behind a hole in a wall (laughs) to show the the lack of reflection for Winston. So uh, the twins are amazed and Jessica's like, I can't believe it. And uh, then goes on to say, no, he told me I had lipstick on my teeth. So she's more worried about her <laughs> her makeup than about meeting an actual emissary of the Lord. Well, I guess not. Yeah. And he's also pointed out that uh, if he if he shows shows the twins how important they are to everybody in town, that he'll get his wings. So this is uh, his, his motivation. Yes. And angels with wings get all the girls we're told. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me poor old Wegbert still can't get any up in heaven. That just seems unfair. <laughs> <laughs> and unlikely. <laughs> Very unlikely. So uh, he says they, they have to come with him. And Liz asks, are we going to heaven? And he goes, no. And hilariously, Jessica <laughs> sort of points down below with a really worried look on her face like she's, oh shit, I knew this would come. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all caught up with me. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the day of judgment is at hand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Wedgie, Wedgie points uh, down below Wegbert says close the moon beach hey. <laughs> so uh, a puff of smoke explodes and uh, it turns out that they're still there when it dissipates so Wegbert just calls a taxi <laughs> inside the house so I'm not sure what he thinks will happen maybe maybe angels can use Halo without their phones <laughs> That would be oh. such a good joke if they still call that app Halo. That would have been an amazing joke. Well, it's still Halo in my heart, even though it is free now. 
Bravo! Thank you, thank you very much. (laughs) I'm not sure how we could follow that punnage, but we we cut to the moon beach where we see a stand with a very unflattering photo of Cheryl chomping into a cookie with her mouthful of the label uh, Glamour Cookies. And Liz is is baffled because she thought Cheryl gave up modelling. And Wentworth says she did, but she did something else instead in this universe. Yeah, because apparently without Liz there to be her friend, uh, Cheryl took up baking uh, and has since apparently built a cookie empire for herself. Hmm. And then. (laughs) I knew you'd love this. Oh, my God. (laughs) They're approached. Right. I can only describe a stoner hippie Lila. (laughs) It is a thing of beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's she's dressed not really as you know somebody would have been dressed in the 60s but as somebody would have been dressed in a just 17 fashion shoot in 1991 called mm-hmm. something like hippie hippie shake oh my god yes it's absolutely it's a very 90s sort of hippie look a 90s yeah it's like a 90s almost veering on fancy dress kind of yes version of a hippie like with the little round sunglasses her hair is really long oh she's wearing like a headband with gorgeous hair like yeah yeah. uh she's got a headband on like she just it's full as you say 90s interpretation of it it's wonderful because even her voice is different she's got that kind of like cartoony hippie drawl and everything it's just like fucking yes tell me everything because <laughs> when she sort of sticks her head in between the twins the twins Jessica's like what are you doing I thought you were at the leather factory and Lana's like leather's murder I'd rather be naked than wear a dead animal <laughs> and it takes like Jessica still has not accepted that Wegbert Wegbert's prophecy has come to pass <laughs> that's it she's completely baffled by this turn of events from Lila and asks her if she got hit on the head yeah but Lila's like, because she says, did you get hit on the head on Lila? And Lila's like, how do you know my name? Oh, and yeah. they finally realise that their wish has been granted. And Lila tells them that they're forming a human chain down at the harbour to stop an oil tanker. See you at the beach. It's like, what did a <laughs> marina to Sweet Valley Harbour fucking oil tankers pull up? It looked like there was just about room for a few, like, speedboats and yachts. <laughs> I know. Also, how is a human chain on a beach going to stop anything an oil tanker does? Well, I mean, there's, maybe they're going sort of a, across the, like in a flotilla of boats or something. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? I'm sure she's got a plan. <laughs> well, uh, Wegbert reveals why Lila is, uh, is, is such a tree hugger in this parallel universe. Oh, this was great because I did wonder how they were going to explain this. Uh, So he starts by pointing out that Liz apparently went to a lecture on deforestation a few years ago. And she's like, yeah, I remember that. Uh, But he reveals that she got the last ticket and without her there to take it, Lila went instead. And I was like, ah, hang on now. That makes no sense. But uh, he then reveals that apparently she thought it was about exfoliation. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, it changed her life. There you go. Yeah, she had a complete change of heart. Uh, she rejected her dad's money and became a soldier for the environment. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so she's um, she's followed this alternative path. She's rejected George's fortune. Indeed. So Wegbert goes off to get some coffee because apparently you can't get decent coffee in heaven. <laughs> and the twins head to the pool room, which is now called 
Studio Winston. Yep, uh, it's the imaginative naming that we've come to know. And love I mean, in the spirit of the books, every version of the series now. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, little neon light and everything up over the doorway. Uh, Studio Winston. Yeah, it's basically the room at the back of the Moon Beach where they have the pool tables usually. But there, manning the door, is Winston himself, dressed. I mean, inexplicably. <laughs> <laughs> in a top hat like tiny little sunglasses he's wearing like this real like huge lapel kind of shirt that's open quite low and he's uh-huh. working the door on that rope duty letting people in or not in as the case may be <laughs> <laughs> yes he's, uh, he's he's got a velvet rope and he's um he's he's enjoying using quite the uh quite the i guess the sort of the sort of uh, judicial, like judging of people that you would mm. expect from like a New York club in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's curating the uh, the room beyond. <laughs> he very much is. But the twins push to the top of the queue with Jessica saying that she's their VIPs, and Winston, even though he has never seen them before, is happy to welcome them to his establishment. Then they ask for Bruce, and they get some shocking news. Oh my god. Yeah, Winston reveals, oh, Bruce, he's probably out destroying a hotel room somewhere. And of course, the twins are looking at him like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he gives them a look and he's like, you know, Patman and the Pufferfish. <laughs> Apparently, they're playing Letterman next week. <laughs> Is this like a Hootie and the Blowfish reference? That's I guess Patman it and has the to be. Patman and the Pufferfish. Where are we? <laughs> I mean, it couldn't be any worse than Hootie and the Blowfish. You never really had much of a presence over on this side of the Atlantic at all. No, apart from that episode of Friends that Friends, like they kept yeah, being mentioned. <laughs> that is my point of reference for Hootie and the Blowfish. Your Monica kissed a Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, apparently Bruce yes, is a rock star in this universe. So uh, Winston lets them in past the velvet rope and um, tells them to save the dance. And everyone in the club is grooving. Um, so uh, they're sort of playing kind of like retro, kind of funky, like not full on, you know, George Clinton funk, but funky <laughs> enough for Sweet Valley. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite the scene. And the twins are shocked by how different everybody is. Like Bruce is a rock star. Lila cares about the planet. So they call for Wegbert for an ex- explanation. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, yeah, their last one is, or they ask Wegbert how, how Bruce is suddenly into music. Uh, so he reveals that because Jessica apparently was never there in the playground to kiss eight-year-old Bruce. She's like, Ugh, don't remind me. Um, but uh, yeah, because, because this never happened, he never developed the confidence, which later became arrogance uh, <gasps> that he's so known for now. So his sensitive artistic side blossomed and he got himself into music. Yes, he's uh, so he's he's now uh, a creative type. Mm. And uh, as for Winston, he developed he's developed his fortune in a quite unlikely turn of events. <laughs> yeah, the the explanation for uh, for Winston's new vibe is that uh, apparently when he was in fourth grade, he opened a lemonade stand, and Jessica flirted with him until he gave her all the lemonade for free. Uh, but apparently, without Jessica there to kind of scupper his his business empire, uh, <laughs> he went on to open Seven Eleven or like 
invent 7-Eleven? I'm sorry, was he like a baby when he did that? 7-Eleven was not invented like in the 80s. I was going to say, I feel like 7-Eleven has been around for a very long time in the States. So I'm not sure how that adds up at all. But, you know, angel logic, I guess. So there we go. Let's see how long 7-Eleven has existed. When did... When did 1927... Well, he is aging spectacularly well, I will say that for Winston. <laughs> I did wonder, like, I guess, I mean, there was no way it, w- it was something that had started in the 80s. So I did wonder why they didn't just say anything that was invented in the Microsoft 90s. or something even well, exactly. that was started in the 80s. Like if he was meant to be a child entrepreneur. Actually, Microsoft, I think, was started in the 70s or possibly even oh, 60s. Okay. But anyway. Oh, no, so- but even something that hasn't been very well established for yeah. a very long time. <laughs> Well, at the door, Winston, not Wegbert, rings a bell and Wegbert remarks that an angel, another angel, has got his wings. But in this case, the bell is ringing <laughs> for a very surprising reason. Yeah, um, he announces <laughs> that Enid is here. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. But then he follows that up with, the men can stay, but ladies, you got to leave. And I had to wonder what the fuck was coming up next for Enid. I was like, how risque is this going to go? Because I was like, is she a stripper? Is that what's about to happen? Is she going to like enjoy the favours of like 25 men at once? Like what is happening? It was very confusing. Uh, But yeah, then Enid walks in and she's dressed as a cheerleader says hi boys oh my god yeah so she she is the she's the popular girl in school she is a cheerleader uh jess is disgusted of course but then a bouncer turns up at the twins table and he's like yeah time to leave so they're like oh god okay uh so they were kind of hustled out of the room with all the other girls and uh of course liz having still not really picked up on this whole parallel universe situation is like enid enid as she's walking past her and enid just gives her this look and she's just like <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I have to say, I don't understand why Winston of Studio Winston allows this to happen because, however uh, popular Enid might be, it cannot be good for business to like boot out after clientele every Just time she comes in. It's not like she's a millionaire who's going to be like buying five hundred dollar bottles of wine or champagne by the counter. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Although they do make reference to Winston being a teenage millionaire at some point. So maybe he doesn't care. And he's just like, I can run this business into the ground if I want. I've created 7-Eleven. This is just a hobby. I mean, it would have to be a hobby because he's certainly not making his millions from a a, a club that is run out of the former... The back of a diner. diner. <laughs> Where he's routinely booting out all the girls. Like, yeah. Well, um... Uh, Wegbert explains that when Enid transferred to Sweet Valley High a few years ago, you know, after her uh, Benny's rampage, um, she uh, she blossomed because there was no one to put her down constantly. And Jessica rather delightfully says, it's my hobby. Oh, my God, because there's a, there's a really good pause kind of after he says that where they both kind of look at Jessica. <laughs> and again, like the delivery is great. And yeah, she says it's her hobby and she looks to Liz and she's like, you know, you have the oracle I have making fun of Enid. <laughs> I've got to say that Cynthia Daniels comedy chops are really improved at this stage. Like she is great. She in is. This series. Yeah. Her line like delivery is season. so funny. Yeah. Um. So, uh 
yeah, uh, she's the she's the the queen of the of the town. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> apparently, so she can force the local businesses to bend to her whims. And what of Todd? <laughs> 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 yeah, Liz, Liz starts to wonder aloud, where where could Todd be? And uh, <laughs> we kind of see a figure sitting at the, at the counter of the moon beach, uh, a figure that could only be described as a huge nerd. <laughs> I might not say, what of Todd? He's a comedy nerd. <laughs> like fully nerd Todd. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, my, my notes here were just like Poindexter sitting at counter in glasses. But like he's wearing these massive jam jar glasses and it's like okay so did Liz fix his eyesight somehow is that why he's now wearing glasses because she wasn't around to give him laser eye surgery and What's he wears happening? contact lenses in the <laughs> other version for because he's a maybe. star of the course oh god maybe <laughs> but yeah Todd Todd is a comedy nerd uh, sitting at the counter looking all kind of insecure and then Manny comes up wearing a varsity jacket uh, brandishing tickets uh, and Todd is like ooh basketball I can't stand basketball everyone gets all sweaty and gross and you can see their armpits <laughs> oh god so yeah he's he is fully um just ridiculous comedy nerd. And yeah, then Wegbert again <laughs> reveals that apparently without Liz to encourage Todd, he never got into sports. So she's like, so what does he do? And apparently he does computers. <laughs> just computers. Just what computers. does he do? Don't know. Just computers. What, what does he do? Computers. <laughs> does, he pro- does he do programming? Does he do yeah. computer science? No no further details needed. In in the mid-90s, your job could just be computers. <laughs> One of my best friends was uh, a studying computer science after this stage. She was the person who first showed me the internet around Ooh. the time this episode was made or a year before. That's exciting. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I th- even then, it would have been possible to give more details about, about com- being into computers. Well, Jess is amused by this whole concept until Wegbert reveals that uh, nerd Todd got a scholarship to Harvard. Yeah, so he's actually doing pretty well for himself. He is. Well, Liz is somehow, despite all evidence to the contrary with their previous encounters, is sure that Todd will somehow recognise them because, you know, she's the only girl for him and their love will surely transcend parallel universes. (laughs) But uh, nerd Toddles has uh, someone else on his mind. Well, he sure does, because along comes Enid again. <laughs> she kind of sidles up to him. And uh, yeah, he, he then tells Enid, you're the only girl for me, which is exactly what Liz just said that he usually tells her. <gasps> uh, so it's all it's all gone belly up very quickly here for uh, for <laughs> for Liz and her not Todd, because he's nerd mm. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, Liz realises that literally everybody they've met so far is doing way better without them. And I would love if the episode ended just there, because that would be great. <laughs> It <laughs> turns out you were a menace to this whole town. <laughs> It'd be like the the opposite of It's a Wonderful Life. It'd be like, <laughs> he's amazing without them. Look at they're all thriving. Everyone is so much happier. <laughs> <laughs> but Wegbert is like, obviously having the same realisation as like, well, if you look a bit deeper, uh, I'm never going to get my wings. No. But then... They decide to go, or Wegbert decides to take them to one more place. And it's Sweet Valley High. And at first it looks the same. But when you look a little closer, 
There are some key differences. <gasps> yes, apparently there's no sign up sheet for the Christmas dance. So the twins are like, oh, what's up with that? And uh, Wegbert reveals that there's no dance uh, because apparently the county had to cut the budget for the schools uh, and Liz wasn't there to fight for extracurricular activities. So there's no <gasps> dances, no school paper, <gasps> nothing. And my notes are like, I guess no cardio funk either. So everyone really <laughs> took that one. <laughs> cardio funk classes cut. Cardio <laughs> classes are part of the curriculum though they're not extracurricular so they're uh, they're still there oh well that's a relief yes you're right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know we know what the what if we're talking about cutting extracurricular activities you know when you think what is on the actual curriculum there's um you know there's there's still plenty of scope for for frolics because <laughs> frankly they're doing you know some of the yeah. stuff that should be extracurricular seems to be taking up a lot of the timetable of these days. Their extracurriculars were probably like, you know, maths class, history. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't need all that. We've got dances to go to. <laughs> Time so for a softball what? game. <laughs> the Bards versus the Patriots. That's the only oh, studies nice. we need. That's the one. <laughs> um, well, that's not the only thing that's that's different um, because they look at the trophy cabinet and there are no trophies. <gasps> it's empty. Yeah. So there's just like this one picture hanging up on the wall instead of the usual, I guess, like plethora of fucking silverware <laughs> that the school usually wins. So yeah, apparently without Jessica there to lead the cheer squad and stir up school spirit, most of the best athletes in the school left. Uh, so they take a closer look at this photo that's up on the wall and uh, they find out that Matt Annie is on the basketball team. Um, yes. So yeah, they're very uh, confused by this. Um, yeah. So because apparently the I I don't know. Well, I guess I do know how Sweet Valley works because we know how they value sports. And we did just hear mm-hmm. the other week that David was like basically the the staff of the school knew he could read and kept passing him anyway because he was a star of uh, of a team. But um, yeah, apparently because without without Jessica to start to stir school spirits as well as not winning all the players left like the good players left where did they go were they headhunted I I guess they all just got transferred to fucking Bridgewater probably yeah (laughs) there's a lot about this system that uh, is questionable at the best Mm. of times let alone in a parallel universe but Mm -hmm. um uh, so yeah, Jessica asks what about Enid because she was wearing a cheerleading uniform but apparently she just wears it to look hot yeah, yeah, and Wegbert again, great delivery. He's like, yeah, she just wears it because she thinks she looks hot. And he's like, ah, she's not wrong. If I wasn't a spirit and kind of trails <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, here we get the one mm. joke that really falls flat. Yeah. And it was a sour taste in the mouth. Ugh, yeah, this is grim. Uh, but again, like, unfortunately, at this time, like, Sweet Valley is not the, the worst offender or like the only offender with this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so Cheryl arrives. I think Manny is like, oh, Cheryl. And then she comes on screen. And as you say, like, it's the very beautiful actress Tiffany in a fat suit. Yeah. Um, so she's like wearing the suit. She's like you know, stuffing cookies in her mouth. And it's just ugh, it's cheap and it was unnecessary. Yeah. Like but I fucking knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I guessed it early mm. on. And sadly, it was uh, all fears were were realized. Um, so, yes, apparently her, uh, I mean, you're going to see the other downsides in a minute, but this is seen as this fate is seen as equal to genuinely awful things. 
which is yeah. a pretty shitty message to give to everybody. Yeah. Um, and after Cheryl passes on, uh, I mean, sorry, just passes on down the corridor, <laughs> not like she doesn't yeah, die. Just walk past. Yeah. <laughs> Lila is in distress. Oh, poor Lila. She's handing out flyers, uh, but everybody's ignoring her. Uh, and she just keeps trying to shout slogans at people, but she's not really getting anywhere. Eventually, she, in desperation, just like grabs a guy's leg and is just kind of being dragged along yeah. the corridor. <laughs> she's shouting about farms or something. I couldn't oh. quite catch what she was yelling at that point. She's ahead but of her time. She is, yes. So she's 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 going, I don't know, is that a protest? I'm not sure what she's at. <laughs> But it's yes. not going well. No, nobody's listening to her. But um, I mean, I still don't think this is a, the worst fate in the world. Like, no, you know, she's like she's sticking to her principles. She doesn't Ooh. seem particularly distressed about you it. She just and she looks it. great as always. So oh, you know, she really does. You can t- make Ly- Lila a stoned hippie, but you cannot take away her style. It's true. Then they hear gargling. <laughs> yeah, this is very strange. But yeah, as you say, this is weird, like gargling, gurgling noise. <laughs> they open like a broom closet door to, to find Bruce brushing his teeth in full fucking hair metal rocker <laughs> get up. <laughs> like huge, huge spiky black wig, uh, like leather jacket with all like studs and spikes on it. It's wonderful. I was trying to figure out what band he belonged to so okay this this is what i came up with are you ready for this go on (laughs) motley motley brew oh (laughs) yes (laughs) with the umlaut over the u of course oh of course of course (laughs) (laughs) i can see it i can see it like he's uh, that's the look he's going for listeners it is it totally is well, Pooty and the Blowfish vibe. No, it certainly isn't. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Rocker Bruce um, has been abandoned by his uh, by his bandmates, the, the Puffer Fish. They've gone off to be Neil Young's backing band. That wasn't happening. Neil Young was not playing with, uh, with the Puffer Fish in the mid-90s. And uh, they wouldn't even let him play tambourine. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's all kind, kind of gone wrong for uh, for Bruce, unfortunately. And uh, But he's planning a comeback. He's mm. He's got a plan. So he pulls out a guitar and starts playing it terribly. <laughs> well, his parents have thrown him out, which seems very harsh. Mm, that's true. Yeah. So actually, yeah, he's actually living in the school secretly now, it seems like in this broom closet, which is, is quite a, a sad turn of events for a, for a former rocker. It truly is. So, uh, yeah, they're they're a bit worried about him. Uh, well, Liz is worried about him. Mm. Jessica isn't. She's uh, happy he's still a loser even in, in a parallel universe. So Liz is like, everyone's worse off without, without us. And, and delighted, Jessica says, isn't it great? <laughs> She's taking it all very well. It's very entertaining. <laughs> so uh, Wegbert vanishes and the twins just wander the halls, or at least Liz does. So first she finds Enid flirting with Maddie behind Todd's back. And where were they heading? Oh my God, I screamed. Okay, yes. So she's <laughs> she's arranging to meet Manny later that night because she's like, you know, Todd will be asleep by then. Uh, and Manny reveals he's got his uncle's car so they can go cruising. They might even stop at Miller's Point. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is this the first time it's been mentioned? It is, isn't I it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. no, it must be because I was I was too excited for it to <laughs> for it not to be the first mentioned. Like, yeah. <laughs> so they can't even wait to get to Miller's Point. So they start getting it on there and then. And horrified mm-hmm. Liz finds Todd in his hilarious nerd outfit, including like a floppy bow tie. Oh my God, it's the most enormous bow tie I've ever <laughs> seen. It's huge. <laughs> It's like something like a a dandy in the early, like, 20th century would wear uh, when they were out of the town. Yes. um, He tells Todd that Liz uh, or that Enid is cheating on him and um, sort of is really up in his face. And Todd is like, don't hurt me. Because nerd Todd is scared of everything. And he says, Enid doesn't like me talking to other girls. But then who should come in armed with goons but Crone Dome? Yeah, he turns out like this. It looks like two cops either yeah, side. Or I'm not sure if they're like is. school security. I think they're cops. I think um, they are cops. Yeah, but they like, they, <laughs> they manhandle Todd. Um, and it's like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? And Chrome Dome reveals this student broke into school records and changed grades. Uh, and he's like, nerdy Todd is like, oh, I did it for Enid. And then confesses that he also stole from the Bank of Sweet Valley with his computer <laughs> skills. And like, apart from the bank robbing, that is like a proper storyline with Jessica just like manipulating that poor kid was it Randy into changing her grades at the school yes. computer yes <laughs> wow they're really mixing things up here they really are they are keeping us on our toes <laughs> so uh, yeah he's um, he's committed this uh, this um, this cyber crime and as, as so he's he's changing his grades and then he's transferred loads of money from the Bank of Sweet Valley to his own account to buy her the expensive gift that she requires. <laughs> yes, he's got to keep her in the style to which she's accustomed. <laughs> well, Chrome Dome says he can share a cell with Egbert uh, because, yeah, Winston's a criminal as well. Yeah, apparently he's gone to the slammer for, for tax evasion. Yes. <laughs> Even teen millionaires have to pay taxes, says Chrome Dome. <laughs> and then tells the cops, get this cyber vermin out of my sight. <laughs> Wonderful. I love it. Cyber vermin. Oh, you just can't beat cyber as a prefix. So you 90s. Can't. It really I love is. it. <laughs> so Liz tells Jessica um, what's happened. She says she wants things to go back to the way they were. She wants to live in the old Sweet Valley. But Jess says, lighten up. I don't know why Jessica's so blase about this because they don't know where their families or anything are or their own <laughs> lives in this parallel universe. They're just going to like wander the earth with Wigbert, I suppose. I guess. <laughs> but uh, there's another great uh, line delivery when Liz wails, Wigbert, come back. We've learned our lesson. And Jessica just goes, I haven't. <laughs> that was so good. Again, the comedic timing is just, oh, I love it. <laughs> But then she changes her tune. Well, there we go. Yes, Enid comes sauntering back up the uh, the, the school corridor with, I guess, Jared on her arm. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're, they're arranging to meet up some night. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was going to go for pizza with the guys, but I'll cancel that for you. Uh, so Jessica loses the rag. She runs up to Jared and starts yelling at him. She's like, you wouldn't cancel pizza with the guys for me. She's like, yeah, this parallel universe sucks. Uh, so that was the last draw for her. So now she's completely changed her mind on this whole parallel universe. She has. And Wegbert appears just in time and with a click of his fingers sends them home to uh, Sweet Valley that we know and I guess kind of do love at this stage. I guess we do. Yeah. Yeah. It it took us by surprise but we do love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, the twins arrive back at their house and all their friends have arrived. Oh, hooray. Although there is a great moment when he does the kind of finger snap, there's no smoke and he does kind of look up, Wegbert kind of looks around and goes, what, no smoke? And the kind of like angel voice goes, it's a no smoking building. (laughs) Which was very good. (laughs) Well, yep, it is the 90s. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, yeah, back in in the in the real world of Sweet Valley, um, everybody walks through the door, oh. and like Cheryl figures she can go to New York anytime, and Enid reveals the elf wasn't winking at her; he had got new contact lenses. Um, <laughs> didn't have to say it, Enid. It makes it like because that really implies. But if he hadn't flirted with me, I would not. You wouldn't see me for dust. <laughs> I would be out of here. Stale Halloween cookies would be the only thing remaining of me here. Um, yeah, then I think, is it Lila reveals yeah. that uh, she was standing in line for, for the, the big leather factory sale and it occurred to her, it's her father's credit card. She doesn't need a sale. <laughs> and uh, Todd comes in and in fairness to Todd, he actually did bail on the um, Lakers game to be with Liz because she's the one he wants to be with. But then Maddie says, Bizarre, no. <laughs> <laughs> says, plus the game was cancelled. And Todd's like, he's kidding, he's kidding. Tell her she's still you're kidding. Yeah, because I totally read this as like, yeah, that game was definitely cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> um, so Bruce comes in and uh, apparently Winston convinced him that there was no point in being open tonight because everybody would be at the Wakefield's house. So ah. yeah, I really don't understand the um, the business decisions of Sweet Valley because like, first of all, we have Studio Winston booting out half the clientele at Eden's whims and now we have Bruce literally shutting up shop because the entire client customer base will be in the Wakefield's house, which... <laughs> Based on what we see here is absolutely not true. Yeah. <laughs> not that many people there. True. But you know what? Maybe Winston just worked his magic on him and, and persuaded him to, to close up so they could go mm. to the party. Well, that's what I'd like to think because mm. Liz happily says, we have friends. And then Winston arrives and declares, I've got wings. Oh, this was so good. It I get was. a proper, like, full on lol from me for this. Because yeah. uh, he's standing there with like a big bucket of, of chicken, yeah. like a big KFC bucket. <laughs> Just a big happy head on him. He's like, I got wings. And the twins are like, oh my God, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, ultra spicy and regular. And uh, <laughs> strolls in and the twins look up at the stars and we see the little cartoon of Wegbert skidding up and saying, thank goodness, these things come with an airbag. Hey. So he's got his wings at last. Hooray. <laughs> So on Earth, uh, Liz kisses Todd and then Jessica uh, takes her away and um, says that she loves living in Sweet Valley and she loves all their crazy friends, even Winston. Yeah, she then threatens Liz. She says, if you tell anyone I said that, I'm going to put itching powder in your bra. (laughs) (laughs) And then Winston appears with the mistletoe and uh, looking for a smooch. And Jessica is like, fine, but only because I drank all your lemonade. Now we're even. <laughs> and uh, I really thought they were, I cannot believe they missed the opportunity with all the It's a Wonderful Life homages slash ripoffs to have a bell <laughs> ring and have them go, attaboy, Regbert, Jimmy Stewart style. <laughs> But they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. But you know, I'm not mad at this either because it's a delightful freeze frame to end on because it does finish with Winston and his mistletoe getting a kiss on the cheek from each twin. And it was like, ah, oh, that's pretty cute. <laughs> yes, it was. Because that was the end of uh, You Call This a Wonderful Life. And I and I do call it a wonderful life. <laughs> <I'm> great. 
It was such good fun. Oh my God. Also, Jessica was wearing a very delightfully festive top the whole way through with kind of like a red velvety one with like a fluffy white trim on the sleeves and the collar. It was just like, yes, she went full Christmas and it was great. She really did. Um, so, yes, listeners, what did you think of this very unseasonal episode? <laughs> which did make me feel quite Christmassy with all the, you know, the festive mm. jingly bells in the background on the Yeah, you were prompted to, to, to get your own jingle bells off the shelves. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yay. Always by my side. Hooray. <laughs> Christmas emergency. You just never know. <laughs> Well, listeners, what did you think of this episode? Um, did you enjoy it as much as as we did? Our Pi Beta Alpha sisters, let us know what you thought. You know where to find us. We are on Twitter at SPH Podcast. Yeah, you can fire it over an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram too at svhpodcast, where you had plenty to say about the uh, Ursatz Ken Matthews. Pippian Shirley said, My condolences, Karen. Our beloved Beefcake Himbo will always be in our hearts, no matter the failures of the lunatic casting directors. We are here for you. Now, I hope this all this listener support. No, touched your touched you in your need. Got me through a difficult time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, other people were surprised. Carol V zero one four said she was amused by your outrage during the episode, (laughs) but then said, "But seriously, how hard is it to find an attractive young blonde male actor in Los Angeles, California? Ridiculous." Yeah, good point. True. Ruth K eighty three said this was a shocking case of mistaken identity. (laughs) <laughs> that was great. I did enjoy that. <laughs> she said, thoughts are with you though. Hope you recover from the trauma soon. Have you recovered yet, do you think? Um, I think so. I think this episode helped a lot because, oh, you know. Oh yeah. It's quite a palate cleanser. It is. You know, you can't go wrong with some Angel Winston. So that's oh, always good. God. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm only sorry we won't get to see Wigbert again. Or will we? Who knows? <laughs> oh, a delight. <laughs> Maria Teresa Biblioteca was almost live commenting as she as she listened. Uh, she said, OMG, now he's been demoted to uh, to two Ken or to to uh, to ten Ken ten. How much lower will he go? <laughs> Um, so uh, we also heard about uh, cheerleading. Um, Pippi and Shirley had some had some expertise from Canada, where apparently cheerleading is also a big thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So not what was it that uh, this said? Yeah, the, uh, the, not really the same level of ubiquity in Canada as it is in the US. Uh, but one of my good friend's daughters is in cheer, and it's just called cheer. Uh, a horrifying blend of hypersexualization with young teens with massive amounts of makeup and basically sequin bikinis and high danger, uh, catastrophic injuries being incredibly common in cheer. Uh, breathtakingly expensive to build skill in and maintain as a pro and professional cheerleaders. Uh, we do have them in some. Yeah, because there are like professional cheer teams I guess for like with sports events and stuff but apparently they're all horribly paid and some aren't paid at all which is outrageous (gasps) because it does look so dangerous what they do and like they are professionals you know they're dancers they're gymnasts they're fucking doing everything so what the hell is that about but uh, yeah so it kind of sounds like it's basically a scam so yeah (laughs) that's uh, unfortunate and yeah Katie Longstreth said that's pretty much how it is in the States private cheer gyms dangerous stunts prohibitively expensive for many kids the pro sports cheerleaders are usually dancers with you with years of training experiences, but are not paid accordingly. Mm. Uh, yeah. So Pippi and Shirley mentioned the um, the Dallas Cowboys cheer squad. And actually there's a really good podcast called America's Girls about the origins of the Dallas um, Cowboys cheerleaders. And it is 
shocking stuff. Oh, uh, again, you know, these very skilled uh, performers and athletes and really not mm. being treated seriously at all. Um, on a on a lighter note, Maria Theresa Biblioteca said, do you suppose the War of the Pom-Poms is supposed to be played at the War of the Roses? You know how this lo- show loves <laughs> weird and nonsensical punny references? And yes. I have, I assume that it was. Um, yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I do like what Katie, Katie Longstreet said about the Sweet Valley tradition of there being absolutely no responsible adults continues because the cheer team should have a coach. How have hmm. we never noticed this before? They don't have one in the books either. No, or is it like, was it like, not Tony, but there was like some random kid was like the coach. Wasn't he at some point? Ricky! Capone, Ricky! Yes! Yes, that was it. Because him and Annie ended up getting together when she was eventually <gasps> oh, allowed on manager. the team. He was the manager. He was a manager, was that it? But yeah. like, so they have a, a fellow child as their manager and still no coach. <laughs> like, what is going on in this school? <laughs> I don't know if we want to know. <laughs> By the way, Pippi and Shirley also told us what a car detailing is. It's basically just cleaning it. Yeah, it's like a really thorough valeting. So that I, yeah. I did not know that and now I do. So we continue to learn things by doing this podcast. It really is an education for all of us. I have to say that that sounds way more like a... Um, you know, detailing sounds way more technical than that. It does. It sounds like you're fixing dents or something, doesn't it? Yes. I keep picturing it as like exterior work, but it is more like, yeah, like a really, a really like, yeah, thorough, like clean and valeting. And and like, yeah, my uncle used to do car valeting and that's fucking no joke. Like there's some donkey work in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. And again, it's, like it's totally not, not what I, what I yeah. pictured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we really do learn so much from, from all of you <laughs> listeners. It's a knowledge exchange going on here, although it's mostly going one way because we don't know fucking anything. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we've made that clear on many, many, many subjects. Apart from our great contribution so far to the exchange has been me trying to explain what I will in my whole means. <laughs> and I don't think that really compares to the actual useful knowledge we've gotten from you guys. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, this is this whole podcasting journey has been a, a learning experience in many, many ways. Um, so uh, thank you, all of our Pi Beta Alpha sisters, for getting in touch with us. And um, we, we really do appreciate you. You are, of course, the wind beneath our wings. And we know that, you know, uh, it's 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 a it's an expensive time at the moment so we mm. really appreciate all of you who who choose to support us and uh, we will of course be back in the clubhouse in two weeks and now it's quite uh it's quite appropriate but but quite poignant timing because the next episode of uh of the series is called sam enchanted evening oh my god oh no <gasps> Because. An exit followed by an entry, basically. Yes. <laughs> God, it's spooky how we keep managing to tee these things up like completely unintentionally. It really is. It's face. It's kismet. So yes, next week in, uh, or sorry, in two weeks in the clubhouse, Jessica is going to, we're told, meet Sam Woodruff at a motocross race. We're told he has an ugly past, according to hmm. the blurb. That's not really accurate. Sounds like slander, if you ask me. Well, or maybe they're crossing him up with Michael and his ugly past is going to be that he's a controlling dickhead. But I hope not. <laughs> oh, God. Especially at the moment. Uh, yeah. You know, when we're reaching the uh, the end of the Sam era in the main timeline. Hmm. Because, 
you know what it's going to be next week in the main feed, listeners. Oh, God. We've both already read it because we're recording <laughs> this episode a little bit early because uh, both of us are going to be away. And it is more dramatic than I think I I could have thought possible because I had not I, read it before. Yeah, now I had, uh, but... I think I still just forgot like how just how deeply melodramatic it gets oh, in just that God. the kind of the the last quarter we'll say of the book it's just non-stop like it is uh, action-packed <laughs> it is and there's also way more like there's there's some subplots that I had mm. completely forgotten about yeah um because they do go even though I hadn't read this book obviously all these subplots continue in the subsequent book um, you know the subsequent saga leading mm. up to the evil twin I no memory of them at all literally nothing <laughs> all I remembered was of the whole saga was Sam dying Jungle Prom Liz being accused Margot mm, yeah um, I mean those are, those are the, the headlines really I guess <laughs> but this whole like Lila story this whole Bruce story yeah. no memories of either of that yeah. um but yes, there is a lot going on in this episode and it's all written or in this book and it is all written in an extremely feverish <laughs> melodramatic style that is way more dramatic than the regular <laughs> books. Like they go from, say, I'm not going to say zero to 100 because it was never zero, but like, I mean, in terms of scale, it's like 40 to 100 in terms of the melodrama. And it's not like the regular books are unmelodramatic, put it that way. Mm. Very true. That's it. Yeah, because there is quite a bit of kind of build up, we'll say, to the jungle prom. But Jesus Christ, when it gets going, it oh. gets going. <laughs> <laughs> even before that, there's like a lot of violence um, mm. that I wasn't expecting. And also, as is usual in Sweet Valley, some truly feeble trash talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so I hope we have whetted your appetites, listeners, because we will see you in the main feed when we bid a sad farewell to Sam Woodruff Aww. at the Jungle Prom in what truly is a night to remember. But then in the clubhouse in two weeks time, we will uh, have, I guess, emotional whiplash as we <laughs> will. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> we'll go straight to the on-screen meeting of Jessica and ill-fated Sam in Sam Enchanted Evening. Wonderful. <laughs> See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.